0: Welcome to the Renewed by Truth podcast. Do you struggle with feelings of unworthiness, self doubt, or just feeling like you are not enough? Do you want to make more of an impact for God's kingdom but have beliefs that hold you back? Trust me, I have been there. If you are plugging in here today, this is not another self help podcast, but one steeped in biblical truth. I will help you overcome limiting beliefs, find your true identity in Christ, and live out your God given purpose. My name is Candy Creech, and this is the Renewed by Truth Podcast. Let's get started. Welcome back, friends, to the Renewed by Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Candy Creech, and today we are going to be talking about Jesus as the light of your life, as the light of this world, and I saw some things when I was studying that I'd absolutely never comprehended before. And I can't wait to share these with you. And maybe you have, but I I was really surprised and excited about it. And that's the thing with studying the Bible on your own, how God shows you things and you always remember it after that because it's like he showed it to you in your heart and you can't forget it. It's so different than head knowledge. So I want to share with you, we have been going through the Gospel of John in my group on Facebook. So even if you pick up this podcast later in our community there on Facebook, the the videos, the workbook, everything's absolutely free. It's in there. It will stay in there for you guys to grab because I feel like the Gospel of John is such a basis for our salvation of really... Knowing who Jesus is, and it's been so eye opening because, of course, I've read it, of course, I know things that happened in John, I've heard preachers preach on it, I've all, all those things. But when you start studying it chapter by chapter and see this progression, it's like God opens your eyes to things, it's just so amazing. So, I would definitely encourage you to go grab that because I give you a free workbook. I explain how to use the workbook. And if you have trouble studying the Bible, because I do get a lot of messages like this about, um, I don't really know how to study the Bible. I do give you some tips on how to study, but I'm going to tell you, there's no wrong way to study. Of course, (laughs) however you do it is the right way, but I think we all find our way that works well for us. So I give you some tips on things that I do that really help bring scriptures to light because what happens sometimes if we just read, we go like, okay, I don't understand that. I don't get the context. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand anything that's happening here. And when you actually study it in this different way that I showed you how, then it will start coming to light. The other thing that people say when they try to read the Bible is they get distracted easily. And I get it. There's so many distractions out there. And I can too. I w- I've been trying to sit down and do this for about an hour. <laughs> and every time I try to sit down the dogs need something or the vacuum cleaner is vacuuming the floor and he gets hung up on something. I'm like, really? I just went and turned all that off. I put the dogs up. I'm like, okay, I gotta come focus on this. So there are a lot of distractions out there, but also sometimes we get distracted with our thoughts because we're reading and we're not understanding. And then our thoughts just start going in a different direction. So I think if you grab the workbook and you go through there, then this is a method that will help you learn more. And then I do a video on each chapter. So that way, it, I can kind of go over and explain some things, maybe some context to some things or bring some things out. So I think that will also help you. So get um, in the show notes, you can join our community Renewed by Truth. Okay, so let's go back to John. I, I want to start, I think, in John chapter 6, because I want you to see this progression right here. Back um, before this, the, the episode right before this one, I talked about um, Jesus being the bread of life. I was trying to think which one it was. but So, in chapter 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000, then he walks on water, and then he tells the disciples and the Jews, he's like, I'm the bread of life. We see that progression. Well, the next thing that's happening, if you go over to chapter 7, Jesus goes to the festival of tabernacles. So, I am no Bible scholar. I'm going to tell you that right now. And I'll, I can explain things the best way I can explain it. I would say lots of times you want to do your own research because this really helps me understand what exactly was a festival of tabernacles. Because I went back to the Old Testament and I looked up all the references and the notes of everywhere it talked about it in the Old Testament. The way I understood it from that is what it was is Jesus was telling them, I want you to have this um, seven day festival. It's called the Festival of Tabernacles or the Festival of Booths. And what it is, is I want you to remember when I was taking care of you and providing shelter for you the whole time that you were wandering around in the desert. So for 40 years, he said after the exodus, that's what he wants him to remember. And so what they would do is they would set up temporary shelters with these different palm leaves and different leaves and he told them what they were and everything and um so set up these temporary shelters and they would be sacrificing. So all kinds of sacrifices went on and they had a day of rest before and they had a day of rest after and they did all this in between. But it was also a celebration. It was music. It was joyous. It was dancing and the other thing that he wanted to remind them is he led them in a pillar of light at night And so that he was always leading them. He was always in front of them. And so he wanted them to remember that. So, so that's all I could get out of it from the Old Testament. So I went and looked up some different things and I learned that the Jews either added this, like we do our, like we do rituals, you know, like even in our, if you look at going to church, right? Like we have things that we do at church that people probably think that have never been to church. That's weird. But we may have things we do that we've added, right? God didn't say, do this thing exactly this way, but we've added it. And, and I don't know if the Jews just added it or if Jesus did tell them or, or God did tell them to do this. And it's just not recorded right in our Old Testament. So one thing that they did at the Festival of Tabernacles was they would get a gold pitcher and they would go down to this pool and they would dip water up in it, okay And then they would come back up to the pool um, to the people and they would repeat this verse out of Isaiah. and it's Isaiah 12:3 and it actually says, "With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So they would come back up and they would repeat that verse. And I think that's very interesting. So if you go to the New Testament, and we're looking at chapter seven, and I would say definitely read through this. Jesus is there teaching at the festival. Well, first of all, his disciples are like, hey, come on, go to this festival, put yourself out there, let everybody know who you are. And he's like, no, y'all go ahead, because it wasn't time for him to be, he didn't want to be too noticed, right? He didn't want to. To anger people because it, it wasn't time for him to die yet. And he knew that that's, you know, that's what they were trying to do. So he waited and then he went. It's like he kind of wanted to be in the shadows a little bit, but he goes and he's teaching and he's talking. He's trying to tell them who he is. And of course they won't believe it. And I'm not going to go into all that because I do talk about that. I go into it more in the study in the group if you want to know more about that. But what I do want to point out is in chapter 7. So remember, they went down, they've gotten the water, they come back, and they're like, they're looking for a Messiah. Like, this is a celebration. They're remembering what God did for them, and they know that they're also looking for a coming Messiah. And after they do this, Jesus said... Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him would later receive. He tells them this after they drew out the water. I want you to really think about this in terms of your own life. I don't know. I just know I've done this. I don't know if you do this, but I have moped around. I have complained. I have whined. I have prayed for God to send me something to send me help to fix this situation to make my life better whatever I have prayed for and all along Jesus was there like he was there he's there to fix it for us like he's already fixed it actually he is if we come to the, him we're not going to be thirsty anymore he's he's also the bread of life he's also the light of the world like he's all these things and instead of me tapping into that <laughs> which was inside of me, I would just continue to whine about it. And I thought about this with them. They were looking for a Messiah. They were celebrating a festival that God said celebrate, but they're missing the whole point. They're missing Jesus in their midst. It's absolutely crazy. When I thought about it in terms of what they're doing there and what he's doing there at the same time. So this is why the Bible is so cool. Okay, so that happens, right? So let me tell you the net, something else about the Festival of Tabernacles that is so cool. It was a celebration, like I said, and, and I'm not going to go into the details, but if you ever want to go like Google, like kind of a history around that and read it, it's so interesting because it talks about like the women dancing and, and different things. Of course, I guess the women and men couldn't be together. So there was like a different floor they built for the women or something the way I understood it when I was reading it. But something they did that was really cool is they had these menorahs. And there was, I think, four of them, and they had seven lights on each one, and they were fifty yards high. So they're around. They're around the temple. They're celebrating. They have these big menorahs. They put this oil in there. They light them up, and it says that it would light up all of Jerusalem when they had these going. Okay, so this was going every night for the for the seven days of the festival. And then when it was over with, they put all those out, and then the next day they had a day of rest. So I want you to think about what happens. So when you go over to chapter 8, and he's still um, you know, he's still talking to them and everything Jesus is, scholars are saying that after they think this happened, after the lights were all put out, Jesus comes back in um, chapter 8, verse 12, and he spoke again to the people, and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I thought, wow, so they, they were lighting up everything to remember what God had done for them, how he'd taken care of them. And then when all that went out, Jesus says, but I'm the light of the world. Like, I am right here. And of course, the Pharisees were like, what are you talking about? Like, why? how are you saying that? And I'm not going to read the rest of it, of course, because it would be too much to read. But he keeps telling them, I am right here. I was sent from the Father. I am, I am Jesus. I am the one you've been expecting. Like he's telling them all this and they're not seeing it. This is what I just really wanted to you to think about today. If Jesus is the light of the world, okay, he's the light of your life. If you have him in you, right, then you have that light inside of you that can shine all the time. So as women, and this is a lot of what this podcast is about, is just really instilling biblical truth in us so we can live it out and make more of an impact for him in our life, in our business, everywhere that we go. That's what we want to do. And so my question to you today is, are you hiding the light out of fear, out of fear of what others think? Are you hiding it because you're afraid to get out of your comfort zone? Are you hiding it because you don't feel worthy, even though you've already been made worthy through Jesus? So have you got a light inside of you? You all do if you've accepted him. My question is, what are you doing with it? So I want to jump back and talk a little more about light because I just think it's so important to see in the Bible how God talks about it, how important it is. So when you go back all the way to the beginning in Genesis 1-3, he said, Let there be light, and there was light and he separated the light from the darkness. And so our contrast to light is darkness. And so I want to talk about darkness because what happens, light can always light up darkness. If you go outside at night and it's dark, there's no moon or anything, what do you do? You grab a flashlight, right? Or you turn your phone flashlight on and it lights up the dark. So light is always going to light up darkness. So when you're hiding the light inside of you, then you are missing a chance to go illuminate part of this dark world. So Genesis starts with light. And then we get to John and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Okay. And then the Bible also ends with light. And so this is what I love in Revelation 22, verse five. It says, this is after everything, right? New heaven, new earth, everything. It says, there will be no more night, They will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. Could you imagine? He's going to shine so bright. That's going to be our light. We don't need the sun. There's not going to be any darkness at all. So I want to contrast that because darkness, what is darkness? Darkness is evil. Darkness is of this world. So, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and then he said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. So, we know that darkness is evil. That's from Satan. And honestly, when we think about it in human terms, how many times do we see that bad things happen in the dark, right? At night, hidden, in secret. So, that's the darkness. And so, then I want to flip to, if darkness is of this world, we know that Satan is is he is like the prince of this world, okay? So let me tell you what happens in Second Corinthians 11, 14. It says Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So sometimes when we get off in that sin or believing that lie, we've been a little tricked by it. Just like Eve was tricked a little bit because Satan will make us doubt what God says, is what he does. So he disguises himself in the angel of, of light. He's like saying, "Is that thing really that bad? Like, are you sure? I'm sure it would be okay if you did that. That's not that little bitty thing is really not going to hurt you." So you have to be careful there because he even goes on to say in that same chapter, Jesus does in John eight forty four, he was telling them because they weren't believing who he was, and he's like, "My language is." Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say because you belong to the father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. And that's what I want you to remember. We're talking about light and Jesus and Satan and darkness, and contrasting those two things. We need to look at our own life and figure out, are we walking in light? Are we walking in darkness? Are we obeying the truth and following what Jesus said? Are we not obeying truth? And we're probably maybe following way too many other people and what they say and believing Satan's lies. So that's the other thing I want you to think about today. So you have the light of Jesus in you, but you still have to follow him. So there's one more thing I really want to point out to you that I think as humans, we can really get caught up in because the busyness of this world keeps us from seeing Jesus. Sometimes we get so caught up in all the other things that we need to do. And then we start trying to control everything. And, and it's really because we're listening to what the world says and that we should do this and we shouldn't do that. And this is the way you do this. And so we get caught up in that and we forget to slow down and say, Jesus is. What do you want me to do? And that's what was happening. So Jesus is in their midst. He's in the midst with the Jews, the Pharisees. Some of the Jews were believing him. Of course, the Pharisees were not. Their eyes were blind to it. They just, they could not see that he was the Messiah at all. And they were really looking for reasons not to see it. As you're studying John, you'll really see that. But this is the crazy thing to me. They were still going through all of their rituals, all of the things that they were doing. So I thought about this at church, and I thought about my own times that I have served at church and done a lot of things. When I think sometimes when we're going through and we're doing all the things at church, we're missing that Jesus is in our midst. And I'm not saying everybody does. I'm just saying I know I did sometimes because I got caught up in doing the thing and not looking at the Savior, not realizing He was in our midst, like, I need to stop. It's just like Mary. I mean, she stopped. She fell at his feet. She washed his feet with (laughs) perfume and dried it with her hair like she was worshiping him. She wasn't around going around busying herself. And so I just know from my own experience, we have to be careful in that area of getting caught up in all the things we need to do, checking the boxes and not just having that relationship with Jesus and figuring out who he is and spending that time with him. And if there's an area right now where you feel like you're walking in darkness instead of the light, I just want to remind you that Colossians 1, 13, 14 says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sin. So if you are walking in darkness at the moment, you can turn from that. No matter how hard you may feel like it is, I get it. But if there is a habitual sin in your life and you know it, you're convicted of it, then you can turn from that and turn back to the light. Now, maybe there's are some areas of your life you feel like it's a gray area. You're like, oh, I don't know. Is this wrong? Is this right? Remember, it says in Psalm one nineteen one o five, it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. So the question is, how do we figure out... Is this good or bad? Is this the way Jesus wants me to go? Or is this bad? And there's a few verses, and I'm actually going to put these verses in the show notes so you can go back and study them or write them down if you want to, but I'm just going to go over them real quick. But there are just some things that you can look up that helps bring things to light. So if there's something that you're weighing saying, I don't know if this is something God says yes to or no to. I think about it because as I'm recording this, I know that Halloween is coming up. So I always see around holiday times, like man-made holidays, that, you know, something we've done in tradition. And then sometimes we'll question like, oh gosh, should I be doing this or not? And so we, we want to know that. So here's a few things for you to decide some of those things that are, you're just not sure about for yourself. Second Corinthians four, six, it says his light brings the knowledge of God's glory Okay, so you can look at that. Is this bringing the knowledge of God's glory? You could ask that question. Psalm 119, 130. He brings understanding to the simple. So his light will actually bring understanding. Isaiah 60, 19, and 20. It says, with his everlasting light, the days of sorrow will end. So if you're in a time of sorrow and grief, his light will heal that eventually. It will bring the end to that sorrow John three nineteen and 21, whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. So is this truth that you're looking at? First John 1, 5 and 7, it says his light brings fellowship with one another. And so if you're in a position right now to where you have controversy with somebody, a lot of times, if you're dealing with a, another Christian, a lot of times his light can bring that fellowship back. And then James one seventeen, his light brings good and perfect gifts. And I love we say light and good because it makes me feel good. It makes me smile because that's what God intended. And even when I say darkness and when I think about Satan and lies and all those things, it always makes me have this bad feeling. I feel like that's part of God's discernment to say, hey, If you are doing this thing over here, you kind of, you're being convicted. You know that that's not the right thing to do, that you're walking in darkness and you need to move back over here and walk in light. So to kind of sum up what we talked about today, if you're like, oh my goodness, that was a lot of information. How do I apply this to my life? Well, the first thing is you have a light inside of you. When you have Jesus in your heart, you have a light inside of you. Let it shine for him. Don't hide that light. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is if you feel like or you know by conviction that you are walking in darkness instead of light in areas of your life, I would say confess that, repent, ask for forgiveness, and turn back to the light because you're going to be happier there. Okay, so that's the other thing. And then the last thing I would say is be careful that you're not doing so many things, even things for God, checking off the list that you're forgetting to spend time with Him, that you're forgetting the relationship part, that our life, God does not want us to have a checkoff list. That is not. That's why He sent a Savior that come to forgive us of our sins, that died on a cross. We didn't have to do anything. It was a gift of salvation. It was free. All we have to do is accept that gift. And we don't have to check off a box to get to heaven. And I, I see so many people do this, but sometimes I don't think they realize that's what they're doing, right? Because we we do want to please God, right? We do want to do the right things, but sometimes we get so, so caught up, just like the Pharisees were. They were so caught up in doing the right things, they missed Jesus in their presence. So that's what I'm asking you today. Don't get caught up in doing so many things that you miss the whole point. You miss a relationship with God. Well, thank you for spending time with me today. And don't forget, if you will go do a review wherever you listen to podcasts on this podcast, just click the five stars. If you leave a written review, that just helps more people see the podcast. And if you want to like screenshot it, share it to your story, share, please share with a friend if this is something that they needed to hear today. And then check the show notes. Be sure and join our community on Facebook. And I have some freebies coming up that I am creating for you guys. So I'm really excited about that. So keep listening and you'll be hearing all about those. So see you guys next week.